Stardate 0930.2021. Welcome back to Star Trek Discovery Pod. A kind of smart, kind of funny podcast about new and classic Star Trek. Guys, this is a loose hang tonight. I'm here like Mike And joining me tonight is Grant Davis. And as you can see, um, our, our fellow co-host, uh, what are their names? Clyde and Mariah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are uh, are out gallivanting around the the beautiful city. That we is we abandoned them on a on a platform as we went to go do an away mission. We forgot them for six They're hours, freezing to death in the coldest space. Well, yes. uh, six hours from now, we'll put a space blanket on them. Hopefully, they'll be okay. We'll replicate their lungs. They'll be all right. But what are we but to do? What are we to do? Let's call in a reserve, a reserve lower decker. We have a special guest with us from. This is the person, if, if if you follow us on Twitter, this is the person that runs our Twitter and makes our Twitter what it is, has made it explode like so awesomely, and and she's great. And everyone, it's Karen. Yay! Hi! <laughs> that a pause button. Do we have one? That's a, you have, I think you I have one there. It's probably going to play something weird. You literally have one. <laughs> Try it. How's that? Wrong button. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Karen, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, no problem. And um, guys, if you don't know Karen, like you said, she runs our Karen runs our Twitter. Uh, Karen, should we call you Karen or Kez? You can call me Karen. I, Karen, I know okay. you won't abuse it. <laughs> All right, no, no, we won't. We won't abuse it. Uh, Karen runs our Twitter, and she is one of our OG patrons. So thank you so much for supporting us for as long as you have, Karen. Um, and yeah, this week we're going to dive into Episode 8 of Season 2 of Star Trek Lower Decks, I Excretus. Uh, we'll be talking about Old West Planets, Naked Challenges, Classic Borg Queens, uh, lots more. But first, I should let you know that StarTrekPod.co is where you want to go to follow and subscribe to the pod on Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else. And if you're watching the video version, please do leave a like and subscribe to the channel. And if you're watching live tonight, uh, do dive into our live chat. We want to hear your thoughts on this episode. Remember to type uh, POD in all caps if you want us to mention your comment. And hey, Grant, how can people support the podcast? Don't. Don't bother. Why would you? Karen, how can people support the podcast? <laughs> I got it. I got it. All right. Patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. There you can go and make a per episode donation. Give us two bucks an episode and you can join us over on the exclusive Slack channel. That's right. Join our Slack Star Trek Slack channel. Patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Two bucks an episode. And uh, a bunch of other uh, fellow Trekkies are there. Um, waiting to welcome you and join in the conversation about all things and uh, do watch-alongs and a lot of fun stuff. It's a it's a lively crew, and we would love to have you join us. And plus, your money will be going to support keeping this show going, paying for um, hosting costs, and um, Mike has to buy cashmere Star Trek sweaters every quarter. So uh, we need to keep him warm. We need to keep Mike warm. Yeah, it's super cold over here in Austin, Texas, in the middle of uh, September. Yes, so I need this. It's a hundred degrees today. He's, buy- he's buying Picard's wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Karen, what is the next uh, watch along that we have planned in, in the patron slack? 
see today is thursday sunday night is voyager voyager and, and is it is there a theme happening for voyager right now or are you guys just picking random episodes we're just going episode by episode along with the df podcast and monday oh, nights right. is ds9 mm-hmm. wednesday nights is enterprise and it's I'm been like more, more people come into that man it's really this is where it really starts getting good and then uh course thursday nights we do uh lower decks watch along and we usually repeat that on friday nights for our australian buddy oh very cool nice yeah so everybody join the patreon dive into the slack you'll have fun watch alongs with great people um but oh, let's <laughs> <laughs> patreon.com slash star trek pod but first Thanks. let's uh let's dive into episode eight of lower deck season two with some hot freaks. Hot freaks! Hot freaks! Mm, so good. Right. <laughs> and we do have kind of a surprise, even though Mariah's not here. Um, she, uh, she, you know, before we left her in the uh, in the vastness of space, she actually dropped us a hot freak um, via video. So we have a recorded video of Mariah and her hot freak on this episode. So Is she play. going first? She's going first. Okay. Oh, you wanted to go last? I don't, I don't really care. She can go first. Is she? What do you want? <laughs> I wanted to go first. <laughs> Quit putting me on the spot. Here go. I'm so sorry I'm missing out on tonight's podcast, but I thought I'd give you my hot freak anyway. Um, this might be my favorite episode of the season thus far. I feel like it was such a fun romp through just like a ton of references, but done in a very smart way. Um, I'm really excited. We got to see Boimler really take uh, control of his own destiny and show that not only is he still a perfectionist, who's probably trying a little too hard, but um, he is coming from a good place. So I probably laughed out loud more at this episode than any other one up to this point. Uh, So I think it was really smart. It was really fun. I liked seeing the upper and lower decks uh, folks switch places and the frustrations that can come with that from our bridge crew. Uh, The the naked time reference uh, back to the original series is real silly uh, and will probably haunt Mariner for life. And I thought the clever twist at the end that, you know, tests aren't always the best way to sort of figure out people's worthiness was like overall a really nice message towards the end of all of it. So overall really enjoyed it. I hope you guys have a great podcast. Miss you. And I will see you next time. Bye. Bye Mariah. All right, cool. And uh, Lee says she has to agree with Mariah. There was a lot to digest, but that just means a lot. There was a ton to digest in this episode and that's, that's going to be part of my hot freak, but um, how about we let our guests go first? Karen, give us your hot freak on this episode. As long my, or as short as you want. My hot freak on this episode was I just thoroughly enjoyed it from beginning to end. There were no lulls. The pacing was was crazy, but not overwhelming. And I, <laughs> it was just, it was so clever. And the way they not only did callbacks to other series, to all the past series, um, 
But even to themselves, they would do callbacks to like the very first episode with move along lower decks and it was just it was hilarious this i've la- i think that i laughed more out loud in this episode than any other one of the whole series there are, you know there's always pockets that i find really humorous or just enjoy but this was just funny <laughs> it was just it was really good. And, of course, I, I do think it built upon, we had kind of that family feel at the end of the party episode. But this one, they started to move together. They, they really solidified that yeah. so that I feel like that's kind of where they're going with this. That's going to be really important, I think, for one of the, you know, for the, at least the last episode, if not the last two I'll be interested to see <laughs> either that or they're just, <laughs> they'll be just like, like this one. But I feel like this whole season has just gotten better and better. Yeah, I agree. I thought this was a blast. And the best thing about it for me, like story or character wise was just watching Boimler just own that Borg simulation. <laughs> like he, he really showed us his chops and very much, Unlike me, it seems Boimler is, uh, he's like a, a student who tests very well. Um, I think I'm more of like a, a, a mariner where I kind of do my own thing and then I fail. So, <laughs> but there were like, like Mariah said, and like the commenter said earlier, there were like way too many references to count. Like if we like sat here and counted them all out we'd be here all night there was just so many but they were all pretty funny especially like if you understood them we'll talk about that later grant but it was just such a blast watching our entire crew not just the lower deckers run through like familiar star trek scenarios like and the framework for this episode was really clever it was like a holodeck episode but kind of put through the device of these test pods where literally anything from star trek could happen i think they chose some of the scenarios that were kind of ripe like just ripe for parody especially when tendy has to, to kill the klingon like in that <laughs> tng episode he picked up a peanut yes because he picked up a peanut and hurt his back like like in that episode ethics is that is that what it's called where Worf, yeah like paralyzes himself and he's like I must but isn't it that like one of those big barrels falls on him and you literally see yeah. that it's empty rubber bouncing off of him <laughs> <laughs> you, know? uh, you gotta love that cargo base setting uh the, the twist about the test being like a device to make the crew bond but then the tests weren't that but then they actually did bond more than ever before by like showing how badass they can work together just really worked for me that whole vibe was great i love the like you were saying, Karen, I love the through line this season of the command crew and the lower deckers uh, working together and more and appre- appreciating each other more like a real crew, like a real family. Um, we'll get more into it. This one was a hoot. It was it was probably like, uh, you know, it, it's one of those that you can watch again and just count more references and laugh more. Um, but Grant, give us your hot freak. I mean, I'm, I'm right there with y'all. I loved this episode. It had both the... Um, the great moral center, the the messaging, as well as great humor, and um, the the conceit of us going through this these different testing scenarios and seeing where people's um, 
you know, because I, I think we're we're all inclined to kind of root pretty much for the lower deckers to succeed, and then to see them all fail except Boimler was a a fun reveal, um, and, and similarly the the mundaneness of being a lower decker for the command crew and uh, how um, how belittling I guess that was for them to have to like sit out of all the action. Uh, all all this was a really fun episode. Um, it had a, a great blend of everything that I think that um, Lower Decks does well. And um, I, I'm right there with you guys as far as uh, how they are bringing together lo- the Lower Decks crew and the command crew and making this a, a larger ensemble family uh, on the ship is delightful. While at the same time, I think there's only eight people now on this ship. <laughs> like we saw all of those other people. Um and I don't know where they go, but if you're either command and or your lower decks, and no one else matters, as far as I can tell, it's Although, a show. <laughs> it's we've a show. kind of gotten to know other characters that they can pull from. I mean, there's Jennifer. Everybody loves to hate Jennifer, who got Jennifer. a last name this episode. It was on uh, the Jet <laughs> shirt. Last name. No, oh Jet got a last name also. Man, uh, like it was Manhaven. Manhaven. I I did notice in this episode, like more than any, we saw all the background characters show up in in either in the background or they had a one quick speaking line, and it reminded me of how The Simpsons slowly grew the entire they grew the entire world of Springfield, yeah. where all of a sudden, like, oh, there's Bee Man, or let's just have a story about the Bee Man, or let's have a story about Mo. You know, like it really grew this world. I think that's what Lower Dex is doing. Manhaver, <laughs> Manhaver. Uh, we uh, had some other hot freaks from the audience. Want to go through some of those? Yes. We'll start with Kern. Says uh, it was a blast from the past. Uh, some of our favorite Trek episodes. Feel a little bad for the newbies who missed the references. That'd be me. I, I missed probably all of them. Uh, but the Sims Join us. are long-time fans. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting there. I'm crawling Grant, my way. Darn you're it. more of a Trekkie than, than, than you'll admit. But I was wondering that. And I'm glad Kern brought this up because it, it seems like almost every episode of Lower Decks, we ask, we ask you, how did you like this? Like, did you even get it? But it worked. I think, well, I know you liked it, but how? This one was just like, I mean, other than our, our character arcs in this episode and some of the, the broader jokes, like so much of it was tied to Star Trek lore and references that I don't think you would get. How did you like well, really enjoy it? I mean, I, I think that, you know, I, I can read into a lot of things contextually like, oh, Klingons need some sort of uh mercy or brutal uh mercy death if they're on their deathbed right like i can kind of infer that that's the scenario that goes against the 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 hippocratic oath or whatever uh that that tendy would normally cling to and that's the the conflict there or um that whatever's going on with with q or the other people attacking the ship uh lower decks doesn't get to be involved they have to stack unnecessarily hexagonal <laughs> boxes or whatever like you know so I, I think like maybe there's some other elements to um something causing chaos and making everyone uh murder and sex crazy on the ship but i i got the basic premise of each of those kind of scenarios and could follow along with it well, it'll be kind of interesting though is if you go back now eventually and watch some other 
episodes, you'll see the, you know, constant opening of the cargo bay doors and there's some lower decks people just car- carrying crates around. And you know, there's <laughs> like, you know, they look up and <laughs> it's just like, God, like they just live in there and carry crates back and forth. <laughs> but, you see, know, I- you'll kind of appreciate it the backwards way. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if maybe there was something a little bit more to um, the joke of Mariner getting stomped to death by a horse that I was missing, except that they they later referenced like, oh, you had all those horse riding lessons and you still couldn't handle that. So I thought maybe that was was the only other tie in I needed. That actually wasn't a tie in. Okay. Okay. Right there. So then, yeah, for the most part, I think I was on board. You know, I think the biggest laugh for me of the whole episode, and there were many. But my favorite, I think my favorite thing, it took me a while to figure, it's hard to pick between Boimler's sequence of tests, uh, which is hilarious how it gets more every time, how they did that. And the music plays exactly the same every time. Mm-hmm. But it has to be for me when Shax is at the con and he stands up and he starts stretching and Mariner can only see him <laughs> for the naked time. And she's like, stop, stop that. No, no. Oh, I'm just, I'm just remembering something. And that just, it just floors me laughing. It's naked time. <laughs> that, the, the whole naked time sequence was really oh. funny. Like, uh, uh, obviously the, the, a riff on the classic TOS episode, uh, uh, naked, the naked time, the, the naked time. It was yeah. the naked time. Yeah. Grant, were you watching this one with your kids? Cause there was a lot of talk about being horny and putting things and things. And- I just watched it as soon as I put them to sleep right before I jumped on. Okay. To talk about it. <laughs> You've learned ever I, since. The, yeah. 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 Ever since like three episodes ago, the gorillas <laughs> fucking or whatever those creatures were. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm good. I'm not going to watch it with the them. Mugatu horn stroking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How did you notice? About the more... Go ahead. Did you notice in the bar and everybody's having, you know, this huge sexual <laughs> party and yeah. Billups is in there naked, but he's just got a pad. Which <laughs> kind of he? plays back to the previous episode. So he does. Oh, it, yeah. He's. he's he, he's like the most chaste, just with his pad. I thought he was riding on uh, the back of uh, Ransom. No, that was, he was Stevens. Oh, yes. No, no, no. Stevens. that was Stevens, the little guy who was fascinated with Ransom in the first episode. Who was uh, like, oh, yes, 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 I'll do this, I'll do this. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Not uh, the same guy. Now, Billups was walking with uh, Rutherford. And in Billups the is mirror, like, mirror, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, there and, he was oh, yes, the opposite. Yes. And yeah, and even that, in, in that one, the whole thing is like, Billups is like, I'm horny. I'm always horny. <laughs> thought that was great. Um, well, you make a good point, Grant, that even though a lot of these jokes or all the jokes are tied to Star Trek references, you know, if I think about it and I'm kind of listing the jokes and the references in my head, like the naked time scene, the the multitudes of crystalline entities, the, the crazy, uh, like the fact that at the end, they can just scan the available area and see all types of insane sci-fi anomaly happening and just head towards any one of them. Um, all that is like, you don't have to know Star Trek to find that funny, right? No, no, not at all. I, I, I can recognize that this is mocking and riffing off of a ton of Star Trek lore, but at the same time, I, I feel like uh, most TV watchers are, are cultured enough in a lot of just how, 
that type of storytelling works in order to pick up on and get the gist of it and still feel included in at least the baseline level of, of the jokes. And so I, I wasn't feeling left out ostracized by a lot of this. And CJ Higgins in the chat reminds us that Grant has watched enough backdated Trek apps. He would get enough references to make it hilarious. Sometimes it goes so fast. Probably not everyone gets everything true. We have tricked you into watching lots of old Trek. I've watched at least five episodes of old Trek. <laughs> so, and you watched all the Genesis movies. Yeah. Oh God. You did make me watch all that too. It was and great. You liked, you liked it was a lot. Great. There was a Star Trek three reference in this episode, which you never see. It was great. When they were, uh, the test was to steal the ship and go save Spock. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, also uh, Rutherford's test, the <clears throat> in the radiation room. Oh yeah, right. Oh, right. from Star Trek Two. Yeah. yeah, from yeah. Rathacon. Yeah, <laughs> but um, he, can't, he can't even open the door. <laughs> I know Spock he moved put on those huge gloves, you know, and yeah, so he yeah. didn't have any gloves. Yeah. <laughs> I know we moved a little away from it, but I was going to hit on some more of uh, people's hot breaks here. Hot breaks. Uh, Pika Scribbit says, uh, I feel like they tried to jam too much into this one. I would have preferred to spend more time with the crew in the simulations. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. a that's a concept that has a lot of legs. They could we could bask in all of that for a while, I suppose. Yeah, I think it was real. It was just a, such a smart and clever, um, clever way to work all that in. You know, it's like. It's like Mike Mike McMahon was like, okay, I want to do a riff on this, a riff on this, a riff on that. How do we organically work this into to an episode? Oh, we'll just have a bunch of mini holodecks and it's a it's a test sequence. Perfect. Like I thought that was really clever. I also I don't know. I got really excited about seeing how everyone's going to rank up against each other in this like grander context. It, it felt like um, '80s movies. <laughs> like there's there's always this like running man kind of like uh, how all these teams are are going to square off against each other in some epic battle. Also, I just watched Squid Game on Netflix. I recommend it to uh, anyone who doesn't mind a lot of violence. It's fun. Haven't uh, seen it. More, more hot breaks. Yeah, we definitely have more. Uh, Marg says, "Loved the naked time simulation." Uh, Sarah Sarah Vet PR says, "The Doctor's attachment to shacks, both in naked time and in the bunks, is <laughs> great." <laughs> Still with the cat jokes, like she leans up on his like, torso, just really curls up in there, lays yeah. on his butt. Yeah, <laughs> I love that she's Hustler. just a giant cat. <laughs> And uh, Home Chicky says, I uh, love the mirror simulation and also naked time. The cat jokes are perfect. I think, okay. that's it. I, think I hit them all. All right. If you guys have more hot freaks, just bring them in. Uh, again, like I said, um, this is going to be a loose hang, a looser hang than usual. And uh, with these lower decks episodes, we're, we're kind of like shooting for 30 minutes. And if we go longer, we'll go longer. Oh, we're done. Um, bye, guys. Bye. bye. We'll see you <laughs> is that what you're prompting? To I love know? the fact that the Boimler, you know, really, it was Boimler heavy because mm. he was kind of the core of of. He this saved piece. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, and it and he had the most extensive time, and you know, you saw all of these. But the interesting thing there too is there were so many Borg references from different. Things, different you Borg know, episodes. There yeah. was the Borg babies and the Borg queen, and you know, I think 
I'm not as good with sets, but I would bet that those sets were from a particular um, board thing. So there's like a gazillion tons of Easter eggs there. But I just loved how he kept like taking more babies and more babies. And then, then dragging that guy on the rope. Then dragging the Borgs. And then by the end, he's got like all the Borgs and all the babies. And hey, and Borg he baby, them. you're coming with me. And then he, he was like teaching them empathy. And then he was like hacking their communication systems to call other ships and stuff. He was just like totally owning that program. I, I will say that... <clears throat> In Picard season two, we're going to get uh, Annie Worshing as the Borg Queen, apparently. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with her, she was in some of the later seasons of 24. But in this episode, we got Alex, uh, I'm sorry, Alice Kreige return. Krieger. Is yeah. it Krieger? Okay. Uh, Krieger return as the Borg Queen since the first time, no, the second time, right? She was in First Contact. She was an original Borg Queen. Uh-huh. And uh, she appeared at the end of Voyager as well as the board queen. So that was right. super cool to see her again. And I, that voice was unmistakable. I'm like, that has to be her. And uh, they even put a, a little bit of a sound effect on it too. It, it was perfect. Hmm. You know, touching back on um, Boimler, we were discussing, was it last week's episode where um, he and Mariner were stranded on the planet? And he, she's second guessing him essentially that he's a, a changed person. He's he's too delicate. He can't handle these scenarios, and he ends up, you know, playing her and uh, the the evil uh, robot machine thing, and essentially being like, no, I um, I am a lot more capable than you think. And you know, adding on to that, here he's placed in a scenario where he's set up to fail. It's supposed to be too difficult a scenario for every single person that's put in it. Um, and it's supposed to be situations that are, that are outside of his particular expertise. And he still proves that he's, he's so dedicated. And I think, I think there's an added element of confidence that he's able to exhibit since he knows it's a simulation, but even within that construct, you know, he does, <laughs> he does great. And he's, he still pushes himself to continue to improve and improve. Um, it, it, it's it's something that I think is just an admirable trait that any of us watching are like, oh yeah, we're rooting for him at that point. Yeah, big time. And like I said before, he's he's just motivated by making an A, like mm. right. He's just motivated by passing the test. Uh, like oh, and and Marge says he even uh beat the board queen in chess and taught her empathy. Yeah, <laughs> but. Are you are you guys like that? Can, are you motivated? Are you good testers? Like, are you motivated by tests? Or you like clam up? Uh, I'm great at tests. Really? I know how to study just enough to pass a test, and then I forget everything. It's all. <laughs> I'm gone. probably more I like don't. that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm quite a bit like that. I mm. retain no information, but I can pass <laughs> a test if I need to. <laughs> so. uh, I'm really good at makeup test and retest. Oh, okay. Because I typically don't show up for the test. Yeah. Summer school, nail on yeah. that one. Summer yeah. school, really <laughs> good at that. Um, Michael L has a good point here. I love how all the simulations were all set up for the crew to fail, except Mariner in the Old West trying to ride a horse, and the horse just tramples her. <laughs> See, that was just <laughs> that was funny. just an original joke. Like she just sucks on the horse. She just ran and through like four funny. different scenarios. Did you guys um, ever, do you get to listen to the official podcast at all? Because 
Yeah, I'm about a few episodes behind, but I yeah. Because they had the one with um, Tony Newsom's mother and Don Lewis. So they had her real mother and her TV mother. And all of them ride. All of them are. Tawny <laughs> and her mother were involved with these little weekly. They're like kind of like pop-up rodeo type events where you can do like cutting and team penning and stuff. And I mean, so I think that's kind of funny that they they chose that. <laughs> that was one of my big laugh lines. Yeah. It's like horses love me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was t- that was totally a meta joke on their end. A, a deep cut. Uh, yeah, so. Mike, Michael L said, uh, "Did you ever read this?" I did. Oh, whoops. Sorry. This one. WYSIWYG said, uh, Pod, do the upper decks have upgraded replicators in other episodes of Trek? I don't know. I don't I don't remember hearing that. I think that was just uh I think that was just a construct for this for yeah. for lower decks, just to show how kind of shittier the lower decks have it. Like they have to sleep in the halls and they can only replicate one slice of pizza at a time. But we do see in the rest of Trek that you're upper officers have replicators right in their room. They don't yeah. really have to go to the dining hall to eat or anything. They have, they all have a replicator in the room. Oh, Lower good. decks is not going to have their own replicators. If you I know, if you, if you can bed and get a milkshake, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. if you can have a replicator in your room and then still be motivated to like, properly captain the starship you earn that replicator because i would just sit in there and be like hamburger hamburger <laughs> you know pizza pizza and just never leave but remember never that leave. they would sometimes chastise you if you picked something unhealthy like troy did this is an incomplete nutritional oh. meal right you know, this yeah you can't have nutrition. that chocolate cake troy uh i was kind of surprised by Rutherford not even being able to open like Rutherford also seems like someone who's like extremely highly functioning, highly capable when, when tuned into a particular um, issue. So for him to keep burning himself on that and then take a while before you can figure out to use his boots to do it. And it still wasn't enough time. I don't know. I, I found that that scenario still a little too implausible for Rutherford. I, that guy like all of a sudden like switched into bionic mode that one time and like killed everyone in a hallway. <laughs> but you but you're forgetting. It was a joke. I'm not forgetting. I just I'm always rooting for Rutherford. <laughs> it was it was a joke. You're you're becoming the uh, uh like a few episodes ago we realized that you're becoming the gatekeeper fan. When we we're talking about oh, that's um, true. <laughs> when we we're talking about um, Strange New Worlds, a trailer, you're like, "Hey, but this is different, and that's different. And he doesn't look like Spock. Shut up!" Yeah, and now you're like, "You know what? This doesn't make sense. Mm. All this woke PC bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> is that what I said? No, he he doesn't look like Spock. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> you're still gonna watch every damn. You episode just haven't watched. You just haven't watched enough of it because you have a different looking Spock in TAS when he's nine years old. And you've got different Spocks in the Kelvin timeline at different ages. And even Spock in TOS changes quite a lot, even just through this series. So you just haven't watched enough yet. I guess. This is, <laughs> this is always the case. I have not watched a lot of Trek. And I've never seen an episode of Enterprise. And I'm 
gonna keep it that way if I can. No, you there's can... no shame. There's no shame here. Or the, or the animated one. I haven't seen any of that. I know. That. I have to defend it. I'm its only defender. I love that show. I love it. <sighs> I don't think I've ever seen a single episode of the original series. Uh, oh, I my God. That's just a shame. <laughs> well, you saw, that truly you is saw, a shame. You saw most of the movies. Yeah, yeah the movies. Not, I saw the movies. Yeah, yeah. But I've never seen the TV ones. Yeah. As far as I can tell. No, the TV I ones. I we pop up and watch those all the time too, you know, like a Tuesday night or here or there. These is everybody been I make them. them. Like make Grant a list of the sixty best TOS episodes. Sixty best, so I just watch yeah. the whole series <laughs> <laughs> in chronological <clears throat> order and just send it to Grant. He'll watch. We'll, well you watch know, the nice all. the nice thing about TOS is you don't have to go in chronological order. Yeah. It's all over the place. I was under the impression that TOS and Enterprise, I know where I'm getting way off topic here, but I was under the impression that TOS and Enterprise both only had like one season. Am I mm. wrong on that? No. Um, all the other Star Trek shows have at least like seven seasons. Right. Um, but uh, TOS has three and it was always on the verge of cancellation. And I thought yeah. it like I thought it ended after one, like and it was like that's why it was like some anomaly, and then they brought movies or something weird. Has three, no. and then um oh. uh Enterprise has four, right? <laughs> I <laughs> definitely didn't think Enterprise had four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so and weird. The thing about the original is they had like 26 episodes a season. So they have like there's a lot of yeah. Oh, when you were saying sixty, I thought that was funny because it's, that's more episodes than exist, probably. But I, I guess think the, not the case. it's. I think the issue was that it wasn't like a huge hit. You know, it was just kind of like a, a stable expensive. player, and it was expensive. Yeah. So every season, didn't they like cut the budget and it was on the verge? It was always on the bubble. Well, the thing is, is that they um, actually did they were going to cancel it after season two and two fans got together, created this huge letter writing campaign and across the nation. And they brought it back for one more season because of it. It was the first ever fan letter campaign to bring a show back. But yeah, it's yeah. I think like Roswell or something too. That's why we're here no. because of those fans that started the letter writing campaign. Yeah. It was a genesis of, of all this great fandom. That's not why I'm here. I'm here because of this guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's my um, friend. Uh, this this comment from Michael L. Uh, when Shaq's argues with Mariner about lower decks and upper decks all being equally important, then Ransom leans over to Shaq and says, uh, they sleep in a hallway. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> but uh, also to the larger point of that, um, I, you know, I've, I've gotten the sense of like this idea that there's something, uh, more, uh, utopian, egalitarian in the, the future Starfleet society, but there is still very much, a um, uh, a hierarchy, <laughs> um, and you know, some, some well, situations that are kind of rough. <laughs> it right? still follows kind of a military structure, mm-hmm. even and, though it's uh, not it's a quasi military organization. You'll have yeah. huge debates about that. <laughs> well, it makes sense but. because the the currency in the federation is sometimes it's money, but it's not supposed to be money, but the currency really is um experience and expertise and knowledge, right? 
So the people who have more of that are in the higher ranks. But it also seems to be strength and force to some degree um, to resolve escalating situations. So the the military aspect, um, I can also see being very valuable in the world of Trek. Very true. Being they like really cool. waffle back yeah. and forth between that. We're yeah, the military scientists. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean that that was a a big crux of like the first season of um, Discovery, right? It was. Uh, the the exploration are we explorers or are we the military it was the conflict in there yeah um guys since we're wrapping up um this season of lower decks we're in the eighth episode out of a 10 episode season um i i don't think there's really been a stinker yet in my opinion it's been really good i think the show's getting better and better um so for the last two episodes do you guys want to see a return to kind of that that uh, low hum kind of backstory we've been getting about the pack leads. Do you want to see a conclusion to that, or do you want to see just more goofiness, you know, going on? What are you looking for, uh, Karen? You want to go first? I just think that they will come back to the pack leads. There's something about that. There's a reason they did it, and th- I mean, to the point of adding them into the opening credits adding packled ships to the board cube battle. So there's some reason right. that they've been threaded through here. I don't think it's going to be. It's hard to say because I don't know. Last year had a huge ending. <laughs> it's like, man, it had a big, big finale. So I do think that's going to come back. And I hope we get to see like that unity that like, you know, like Clyde says, I like the team. You know, I want to see that too. I'm with Clyde. I like the whole gathering of your team as you go along. And then, so I think, I think that's, what's going to happen. I mean, I'm, I'm confident that they're going to do a, an episode, if not a two part episode, um, that, has a bit more of a, a thematic arc to it. And, and, pushing our characters a bit more forward. We've seen we've seen this kind of progression of Boimler and and Mariner both on these these kind of um destiny trajectories uh for for showing that, you know, despite <coughs> Mariner dragging her heels and and Boimler running full full steam ahead, uh they they're both going to advance beyond lower decks. I'm wondering if they'll pull the trigger here at the end of the second season. I'm kind of hoping they will. I mean, you uh, know, I they know. could go to Lieutenant Junior Grade or something. That's still not senior officer material, yeah. but it is above Ensign. I mean, if they want to leave Rutherford and Tendi in lower decks and advance Mariner and Boimler and then kind of have this um, this tiered system of, of where everyone is on the ship and, you know, the origins were lower decks, so you can still call it that. I don't know. Um, I, I do want to see advancement of the characters. I, I like their growth, and it, it follows that they'll follow a, a career path um, of advancement as well, I would think. I yeah, do know I think the name right. of the next episode. Did you see the name of the next episode is uh, Klingon? Wedge douge, I think it is, which means three ships. 
Okay. Does it? I call Micah Wedge a douche all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so funny. And now he's gone. <laughs> so easy to do that. So easy. I I, I, I know. I... <laughs> uh... Well now you just screwed it up. Well, I uh I got to agree with Kern in the chat. We got to see more Riker and the Titan again as they wrap up the pack lid story arc and, and William Boimler as well. Right. And Troy, we haven't seen Troy in this season. I don't think she's in it at all because she moved when they were doing, this was when she was getting ready to move and was moving to England, back to England. Right. I don't think that she is in, but I don't know. Could be wrong. But I do think the Titan has to show back up probably. Because I do think there's something about William Boimler that's going to play into whatever they cook up at the end. I got to kill him. He's got to like sacrifice himself for something. Yeah. Or maybe our Boimler will die and William will take his place. I don't know. We have have no affection for William Boimler. No. Yeah. He's got to go. Yeah. Um, Oh, (laughs) Takako just has a funny, uh, there's a chat, there's a stream of chat going on about Shaq's and, uh, Kaku says, uh, Shax is a Kenny of Star Trek. <laughs> oh no, they killed Shax. <laughs> He'll just keep dying at the end of each season. He'll just keep dying and coming <laughs> back. And we'll never know how he came back. All Perfect. right. Um, anything else you guys want to say about this episode of Lower Decks or where we're going this season? None, none for me. Nah, I'm good. Awesome. It's hey, naked Karen. time. hey karen before we go uh tell people where they can find you on the internet um i am if you want to (laughs) you can i am at karen chu k-a-r-i-n-c-h-u on twitter and i am also on instagram at the wavy nation underscore and and i post some star trek stuff there but a lot on twitter yeah definitely follow karen on twitter and karen you you're you've grown our the pods twitter presence in in such a great way and it's it's such a fun uh fan account that i think so many people enjoy so i I thank you for that Um, so so much yeah it's 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 something that we started but you definitely lit it on fire so i appreciate it and thanks to everyone for joining us live um, remember to visit Star Trek pod.co to sub and follow the pod and leave a like uh, on the video and subscribe to the pod. And uh, we are here Thursday nights after every episode of Star Trek uh, streaming the pod live on YouTube at 9 p.m. Central. Uh, Grant, how can people help the pod? Oh, well, you guys can give us ratings and reviews and tell your friends and spread the word. And you can also... Do it financially at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Go there and give a $2 an episode donation and you can join us over on our exclusive Slack channel, patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. We appreciate all of your support. All right. Uh, where can people find you online, Grant? Uh, at Baron Von Grant, if you want. All right. Uh, find me at Mike Moody Garcia on Twitter and Insta. And we'll see you next week. Live long and prosper. Bye. Bye.